You're listening to Tea with Basha, a podcast that inspires you to curate your life and be the version of yourself that you want to be. My name is Basha Restrepo, and I'm sharing lessons, perspectives, and discussing topics that will help you help yourself. Because as they say, everything that you need is already within you. Hello, my beautiful friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us, and I appreciate that. So today we're talking about a topic that seems to be trending a little bit. You hear the word toxic being thrown around a lot. And we're talking about toxicity in the context of friendships, family, work relationships, and most importantly, your relationship with yourself. Because whether or not we want to admit it, sometimes we can all be a little bit toxic. So Tea with Basha is a podcast about growth. It's about having the difficult conversations with other people, with yourself, in order to generate a dialogue that can help you grow from situations. I'm here with you thinking things through as I go along through life. And I hope that these conversations that I'm having can help you start to think about things in another way and take control of your own life, your destiny, your relationships, and the overall energy in your life, which is absolutely the most important thing that you should and must do. Now, just as a warning, some of the stuff that we talk about here can be triggering because oftentimes when we're dealing with difficult subject matter or our beliefs are tested, we experience cognitive dissonance, which in essence is is there to protect our ego. So we'll hear something, we'll take it to heart, and we will automatically dismiss it. And I operated like that for a very long time until I was able to kind of take a step back and take a look at my life from a top level view. And that included questioning a lot of the relationships in my life, not just with family or friends, but also my relationship with myself, my relationships at work, the relationships that I even had throughout the day, these little exchanges that I had with people. Once I started to curate that aspect of my life, I saw major changes in the way that I felt, in the way that I woke up in the morning, in just my general disposition, and also in my ability to grow as a person and identify opportunities. And this makes a lot of sense because like they say, what's the saying? You are your closest five individuals or something along those lines. So you have to make sure to surround yourself with positive energy because there are people out there that do not choose positivity and it may not even be directed at you. That's one thing we need to talk about here in this episode is a lot of times the toxicity that's leaking through the egos and emanating from these people is not even directly at you. It has nothing to do with you whatsoever. It's completely their relationship with themselves. And that is one massive aspect to this that will allow you to navigate these relationships a little more free-minded. Because taking things personally is 
one of the biggest roadblocks to successful relationships and overall a successful life. If you're listening to this podcast, it may very well be that you are dealing with a toxic relative. You may be dealing with some toxic friendships, a toxic work environment, whatever it is, there is a way to navigate these relationships and they can be difficult, but there's a way to set yourself up for success so that you can live as peacefully as possible. Toxic family members can cause tremendous strain on individuals and the entire family dynamic overall. Dysfunctional family environments can lead to problems later on in life. And we don't even realize that when we're growing up because we're just kind of like, okay, it is what it is. Like, this is life. But these relationships shape our self-image and even our future relationship choices, our romantic relationships, that is. For those of us that oh, myself included, have gone through incredibly toxic relationships prior. Thank goodness my relationship is healthy now, but I have gone through the ringer. I'll get into that. But those relationship choices can often be linked to not just your self-image, which also develops from dysfunctional family environments, but also what you see in your family. So hopefully if you're listening, and if this sounds familiar to you, I understand. I empathize. I sympathize. All of the above. And hopefully these tips can help you identify toxic traits and help you deal with them. And this can apply to pretty much any type of relationship. So there are many ways in which people can be toxic, right? And We can all act a little mean on occasion. I mean, nobody's perfect. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm perfect whatsoever. But one key difference with toxic people is their inability to admit that they're wrong and inability to grow from their faults. One thing that we have to understand is that life is a process. We're not just born with all the information on how to be a good person, how to act, how to not hurt people. We're not born with this information. Our parents do the best that they can, but there's still a lot of trial and error as we grow and learn who we are and what we like and what we don't like. And sometimes that involves growing pains. There are things that we do that we're not proud of. There are things that we say that we aren't proud of. And all of this is okay. All of this is okay because you're growing and evolving. Obviously, if you're out there hunting people down and killing them, that's no. But I'm just talking about the day-to-day stuff. So again, the key difference is a toxic person will just go through life and believe that they make no mistakes, believe that they are just perfect in every way. They will not want to admit or grow from the things that they have done. And there's a certain element that we play in our relationships. If we dislike something that's happening and that's communication, that'll be a whole other episode. But a toxic person, even if you communicate to them that you're unhappy about something, they will either gaslight you or minimize what you're feeling. And that's just, you're wrong in every way. So that's a really big key difference. Because again, we all make mistakes and 
we need to forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we have made in our lives because everyone has made mistakes and it's okay. And tune in next week because next week's episode will be all about forgiveness. So tune in for that. So what are other toxic traits that a person might display? One, they're always judgmental. And again, we can all be a little judgy sometimes. It's just kind of the nature of our society. But for a toxic person, this is constant. Criticism just constantly flows from their mouths. Like it's just on the rare occasion that they actually do say something positive, it'll be in the form of a negative comparison. So like, you should be more like your brother. That's definitely toxic because even the compliments or even the seemingly positive statements are phrased in this sort of negative way. And another toxic trait is they are takers. So they're takers as opposed to givers. And I am no in no way saying that relationships are an eye for an eye kind of game. I think that in itself is toxic. If it's an eye for an eye, it can be very toxic because you're kind of not really doing anything out of the kindness of your heart. It's just, I did this because X did this for me. So by takers and givers, I mean, they just constantly take. It's just constant. It is the family member that says that you're not doing enough for other members of the family It is the friend that constantly calls you for favors. And then when you need help, they're not there. It's uh, in the context of work, as odd as this is to say, it's the, the constant piling up of work onto someone's desk and not giving them a raise. These are very clear taker situations. So what makes these types of situations toxic is the inability of the individual to see what's going on, or if you communicate your grievance or whatnot to whoever is acting in this way or treating you this way, and they brush it off, they don't admit that they were wrong, or at least start a dialogue. If they're incapable of doing that, they're toxic, period. Another toxic trait is they're always right. And this kind of goes back to the whole inability to admit that they're wrong. I think someone needing to be right always is one of the most toxic things that a person can possess. Toxic individuals are just brimming with ego. And one aspect of toxic people who think they're always right is a little bit of a narcissistic complex. And their mind just really doesn't understand the thought of a world without them at the center. So, you know, we're all obviously, to an extent, we have to take care of ourselves. But with a toxic individual, this goes beyond self-care. This goes beyond any sort of healthy boundary. These people will often never apologize. There will be a lot of deflection there will be a lot of gaslighting. And if you're not familiar with the term gaslighting, it's basically a real form of psychological manipulation. And you would be surprised how many people gaslight. It's a part of the whole narcissistic personality complex, but gaslighting is just awful because a lot of these people just straight up deny things that they actually have done. 
they will never accept anything that you say. They will always say that you're wrong or minimize what you're feeling. They'll confuse you into believing that you're the one that's wrong. And it's very subtle. It's very, very subtle. And it happens over time sometimes in terms of like, at least what I've observed, a parent-child relationship, I've seen gaslighting do a number on a child. And it's, it's a little bit frightening to think that a parent can do that to a child for their own narcissistic agenda. But it happens. It happens. And there's always that voice inside of you that screams out loud when something doesn't feel right, whatever it is, whatever it is. And listening to that voice is key to dealing with toxic people because we're all having an individual experience here on this planet, right? We're having individual experiences. And what feels right to one person may not feel right to someone else. So your best bet is to always look within and listen to that voice inside of you because it very rarely, if ever, will it steer you the wrong way. Let me tell you, every single time I have ignored that voice, and I've ignored that voice more often than I'd like to admit, but every single time I've I've ignored that voice inside of me, I've just slid down a hill into a muddy river covered in garbage. I don't ignore that voice anymore and neither should you. The last toxic trait I'm going to talk about is toxic people will make you feel like you're walking on eggshells. You will feel like you need to avoid saying certain things or behaving in a certain way when you're around them. They will make you feel judged in certain situations. And at the slightest bit of disagreement or disapproval or anything contrary to their narrative, it's a zero to a hundred, zero to a thousand. And that is toxic as hell because if you're in a situation where you have to literally censor yourself regularly with an individual to appease an individual, that's not even real. You're not even being yourself. And there's a difference between censoring yourself because of your own insecurities versus censoring yourself because of what the person has made you believe. Because we can all be insecure about certain things, but if we're choosing not to share these things because of our insecurities, that doesn't necessarily mean that the person that we're dealing with is toxic. It means that we need to examine our own selves and be a little more courageous in speaking our truth. If we're censoring ourselves because of insecurities that we have, that is some shadow work that needs to be done there. But if you have shared things that you're genuinely excited about or perspectives or any of that, anything that you've shared with someone and it's met with literal zero to a hundred rage, dismissiveness, and anger, that's just toxic. That's toxic. And if that happens enough, you're just going to stop sharing with this person and you're going to be afraid to share. And that's where the toxicity kicks in. And that's where you have to ask yourself, is this worth it? Is this whole situation worth it for me? Should I really stay in this? Because if you're constantly censoring yourself for someone else, you're not being yourself and you're just pretty much being controlled by someone else. At the end of the day, that's what it is. If you are censoring yourself for someone else, they 
are essentially controlling you, period. So next time you feel uncomfortable saying what you think, remember that. Are you in control of yourself or is someone else? The right people will know to love you for who you are and would never, 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 never treat you in a disrespectful way. Because even if you disagree, disagreement is a beautiful thing because you can learn a lot from disagreeing with people. You can learn a lot from opposing views and opposing ideals. But that requires enough intellect to take a step back and respectfully disagree. And if someone really cares about you and they love you, they will not mistreat you because you have an opinion on something that differs from their own. And that's just the truth. So now that we know how to identify toxic traits in our relationships, what do you do? You have to choose a course of action. So there are five things that you can do. And none of this is easy. Relationships in general are not easy. But toxic ones and maneuvering them and navigating them are difficult and tricky. And I understand because it can be a little bit scary sometimes when people are angry and disrespectful and manipulative, they can back you into a corner, into a place of fear. And that is just incredibly unhealthy. So the first thing you can do is confront them. So I started with the most difficult one first, just to get it out of the way. But toxic people oftentimes won't admit that they're wrong. So getting into an argument with a toxic person is essentially going to take you to nowhere very quickly. Instead of arguing back, because there's no reason to argue ever, frankly, just state calmly and clearly whatever issues you're having in whatever relationship it is, whatever relationship, even at work. Don't use accusatory language because with a toxic person, that'll just get them on the defensive and they will be even less receptive than they normally would be. And just state the issues that you're having. You're basically just putting the ball in their court because you're obviously at a point where you're evaluating the situation. So putting the ball into their court and saying, this is what I'm feeling allows you to get an understanding of where they stand. So if the person dismisses you, if the person rages on you, if the person tries to gaslight you, you know where they stand. And then it's up to you to respect yourself enough to walk away or to set boundaries. If they're open to a conversation and a dialogue, that's a different story. But again, you always have to remember that you're in control. If you're in a situation where you do not want to be in a relationship, whether it's family member, friendship, work relationship, I know work is a little bit tricky because there's income involved, but if you're not in a situation that you want to be in, you have all of the control to get out. You can find another job. If you put the effort in, if you wake up and you put that effort in, you can find another job. It's all about effort. If you do not want to talk to a toxic family member, do not allow people to basically say blood is thicker than water. I think that is the absolute most ridiculous thing out there. Blood is just a genetic component (laughs) in your relationship. So you're basically basing your relationship on biology. I know that it's easy to fall into that kind of indoctrinated way of thinking, but if someone is disrespecting you and they are in your family, it's almost worse than a complete stranger doing that because you've 
you have trust in these people and they're abusing it. So I briefly mentioned setting boundaries. Depending on the nature of your relationship, this may not always be possible. So if you know, you're 15 years old, you can't put your mother on timeout. But if you're 34 years old, you own your own house, you can definitely tell your mother that she can't visit her grandkids if she doesn't stop bad-mouthing their father in front of them. So another tactic, if you will, is if you can't confront them, you can't set boundaries because you're just either not ready or you're just not at that place, you can start with limiting your engagement with them. This, however, may also be met with some resistance because I know at least in the context of families and family gatherings, if you just stop showing up, it's going to probably cause some drama to fly up in the air. So at the end of the day, remember with toxic people, whatever way you choose to deal with them is going to be met with resistance and there will be drama. But the most important part is for you to get out of it what you need and make a final decision on how to move forward. In the context of friendships, it's interesting because I feel like, and I'm not speaking for all friendships, sometimes people take friendships for granted. And I don't mean the individual themselves. I mean the actual relationship itself. With friendships, much like relationships, it's a two-way street. It's effort on both parts. There's hurt that comes in friendships sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. There's drama. There's ups and downs. There's a whole lot in that relationship. And I feel like, especially over the course of long friendships, you evolve as an individual. So if you have a friend in your early 20s that you pretty much just partied with, and that was the extent of your friendship, and they continue that type of lifestyle, which is completely okay because everyone's entitled to live the life that they want, and you've evolved in a different direction, and this person is still trying to find common ground with you on that level, it's just not going to work. It won't work because you both are in two completely different places in your life. And it can work if both people want to accept the versions of one another. But if there's no ability to understand that there's evolution, then it just won't work. Because person A will just want to continue to party and do X, Y, and Z. And person B will maybe not want to do that anymore. Maybe they just want to have a picnic in the park, let's say. Who knows? I'm just making things up at this point. But it really depends. With friendships, it really depends because Honestly, with any kind of toxic situation, it's you're in complete control and don't feel like you need to stay in touch with people because of feeling bad or guilt. Stay in touch with people and engage energetically with people that make you feel good, with people that make you feel supported, with people that don't make you feel judged. So number four, you can fake it till you make it. I personally don't like this strategy because I find that keeping your interactions with people superficial is detrimental to your mental health. But I know that in certain situations, like let's say that you know you live with your parents and you just can't move out, you're not financially stable enough to do so, or let's say that you're in a toxic work situation and you just need to keep the peace until you find something better, like 
that's just the unfortunate aspect of some of these situations. And you just have to adopt this strategy of acquiescence if your concern is just to keep the peace until you can take that next step, whatever it is, whether it's moving out or switching jobs or whatever it is that you need to do for yourself. So in those situations, you just need to keep the interactions as superficial as possible. Don't complain. Don't ask for advice. Keep the conversations about them, whoever they may be, and try your best to focus on the next step in getting out of this toxic situation. Because the most important part of a situation that you can't get out of is doing your best to focus on what you can do to at least facilitate that move as quickly as possible. So just put all of your energy into that. Last but not least, this is a pretty drastic and dramatic way to handle a situation. I have personally done it because I got to a point where I just couldn't take things anymore in certain relationships in my life, but cutting people out. I know that it's controversial and I know that it's drastic, but cutting someone out shouldn't happen until you've exhausted all your other options for yourself. Judge it for yourself because for someone, cutting someone out may happen a lot sooner than for you and vice versa. Maybe you will try a little bit harder than someone else. Whatever makes sense for you is what makes sense, period. Because you're the one that has to deal with the toxic behavior. So there's nobody that has the authority to tell you that you should stay in a situation that you're personally uncomfortable being in. In the context of family, this can be a little bit tricky because some people may classify you as betraying the family. And that is just a guilt manipulation tactic in order to get you to stay within the situation that you're uncomfortable in. In a normal situation, and I I don't really love to use the word normal because what's normal, right? But in a positive situation, you can have a conversation with someone about the way that you feel and have them Perhaps they don't agree with you. Perhaps their behavior wasn't even intended to make you feel a certain way, but that dialogue exists. And sometimes I know that specifically, at least in my experience, when it comes to family members, for some odd reason, that dialogue does not exist. And I don't mean it's quite possible that this exists in other family dynamics, but and through my experience and what I've observed being around different family dynamics... I've observed that more often than not, the dialogue does not exist there. It'll exist more readily in a friendship context or a romantic relationship context. But as far as the family, it can get a little bit tricky because sometimes there's this kind of hierarchy mentality where a parent may not value what the child says and older siblings may have a little bit of an authoritarian complex there. So if you're trying your hardest to have difficult conversations, you're putting in that work and you're truly doing what you feel is your best in trying to express the way that you feel in these various situations and you're just not being heard, sometimes there is no option other than cutting someone out. It's a bit of a 
And I'm talking specifically about in the family context, because yes, this can also happen with friendships. This can also happen romantically. If you're in a toxic relationship romantically and you continue to engage with this person post-breakup, you're just inviting that energy right back in. And I understand that there are some people in this world that feel like they can remain friends after they break up. I have have yet to see a healthy friendship. I think that would be incredible, but I haven't seen it yet personally. I know that some of you may have. And I believe that it's possible, but it's so unlikely because there are so many emotions involved in romantic relationships. And if these kinds of situations lead to breakups, there was obviously some sort of tension that was incapable of being resolved. But again, there are different situations, but I'm talking majority of what you you hear and what you observe. I would actually love to hear what you have to say. So feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is tea with Basha. I would love to hear your experiences. And if you have any suggestions on topics or episodes, I would actually love to hear that as well. So feel free to reach out to me. I'm always available for you to just DM your thoughts and, and just remember to keep it as positive as possible because this is a positive community that we're trying to build together. So I would love to hear from you. So to wrap up here, we went through the toxic traits that individuals have, and we went through the five ways that you can actually manage these toxic individuals, whether it's confronting them, setting boundaries, limiting your engagement, faking it till you make it, or just plain cutting them out. I know that we all want to believe that people can change and people can change. People can change, honestly. I've seen it. I've lived it myself. I am a completely different person now than I was two years ago. So we want to believe that people can change and they can, but you can't force that. You just cannot force someone to change. You can't even initiate the change. The only thing that you can do is live your truth and be who you are. And either the individual will learn to accept you as you are and kind of change the way that they interact with you in order to save and maintain a relationship with you if they care enough to do so. Or that's just, it is what it is and you just let it go. For anybody to change, they have to want it for themselves. But In the meantime, what you have to do is recognize the impact they're having on your life and take those steps to remove their negative influence. Because if you don't do that, you're just setting yourself up for failure. The most important thing that I want you to take away from this is that you don't have to deal with any unpleasant, abusive, or toxic behavior, whether this is a family member, whether this is a friend that you've had for a very long time, whether this is a work situation, you don't have to deal with any of that. I know that it's easy to fall into this whole pleasantries type of situation where you feel obligated to go hang out with people or see your family on certain holidays or act a certain way at your job. And I know that it's a little trickier with your job because you're generating income and you need income to live in this society that we've created. But what I will say is that don't allow your situation at work to determine your future because I have been there. 
I have been in a job that literally made me miserable. I was miserable every single day, every single day. And I had to work at this job because it was paying the bills. But I got myself out of that situation. And you can do the same thing. You can switch jobs. You just have to put that effort in. All of this is going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. But once you start to curate your life to what it is that you want, your opportunities, your happiness, everything just skyrockets. Your life changes. Once you start taking accountability for curating the life that you want to live, that's when things start to get better. You have to look at your life and your mind specifically like a museum. What do you want to hang on the walls? Do you want to hang toxic, sad pieces to look at? Or do you want to hang bright, beautiful colors? It's your museum. It's your life. Pick and choose what you want in it. Whether it's people, places, whatever it is, it's your life. Always remember you're in control. Once you realize that you're in control of absolutely everything, things really do start to change. Thank you so much for joining me. I really hope that you found value in today's episode. And again, I would love to hear from you. So please reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is tea with Basha. Once again, thank you so much for joining and I'll see you in the next episode.